0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show independent businesses how to define and grow their brand and business. And today I am joined by Maddie Alexander-Grout, who is the founder of the multi-award-winning My VIP Card, which is the UK's largest loyalty card and employee engagement advocate for all businesses? Thank you so much for joining me today, Maddie.
1: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be on. Um, I love this podcast and I love you, so um, it just seemed like the best place ever for me to be. So uh, I'm super excited about what we're going to chat about.
0: And. Um, really really tough to have you on the show maddie and i have worked together for well on both of our businesses together for a long old time now haven't we
1: since the beginning since um since since i launched my business with the most horrendously terrible logo in the world and um tammy has brought me through not one but two rebrands um and is now the you know we are a, we are a very proud owner now of an amazing brand which happens to be created by the wonderful tammy at Shadowcat creatives so uh, I could not be a bigger advocate of what you do
0: (laughs) and I'm a huge advocate of what you do as well so prepare yourself listeners because there's going to be a lot of like mutual appreciation and love going on in this episode. So (laughs) today Maddie and I are going to be talking about franchising your business, what that could look like, why you may want to consider it and a little bit around the process from Maddie's experience of successfully franchising a business across the whole of the UK from your little home in Hampshire, right?
1: I know um, it's <laughs> been a very very strange year for us, but yes, we um, so we were we were really successful in Hampshire. We we helped around um, four hundred Hampshire businesses to get visible with free advertising and loads of promo and um, just sending our customers to them. And we decided at the back end of 2019 that we were going to franchise. And it was the most terrifying thing in my life ever, because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to actually let go. I'm a bit of a control freak. So uh, having to let go of my business and actually help other people to create their own, I was like, this is really, really bizarre. Uh, But it works it works and it, it's been absolutely game changing. We've we have actually we've done it slightly different to other people, um, only through COVID. Um COVID kind of showed us that people didn't have a huge amount of, of money to put behind franchises and we wanted to make it accessible and we wanted people to earn money and to be able to get the the good word out about my vip card so we kind of changed our, our structure a bit and made it a bit more accessible for people to join we've now got um, 18 franchisees who are The most mad as a box of frogs bunch of people that you will ever encounter. They have all got the most unique personalities. Um, We've got people who are really shy and really quiet. We've got people who are like the loudest, louder than me, loud. But they all just gel together and they are the most incredible bunch of people that I could ever have the privilege of working with and they all own their own businesses. You know, my VIP card is is, is theirs, most of theirs anyway. So we've got two kind of, two sort of ways that you can get into the franchise with us. Um, One is actually buying a franchise and and having, you know, the the full ownership rights from day one. Um, We do all the training, we give you all the support, but essentially, you know, it's your own business, you go and run it. Um, Or you get to be a territory manager, which is similar, you still get your own business, you still get to run it. But um, it's it's a rental agreement rather than a sale, which has caused a bit of ruffles in the uh, the old franchising arena, because uh, people are like, that's not real franchising. That's not how you do it. And it's like, well, it's how we do it. You know, I think franchising, if you're doing it for your business, it needs to work. And there are lots of different options when it comes to franchising on how you want to do it. And we just chose to, to do it. The way that we think it would benefit our business, and it's seen us go from a Hampshire company to a UK-wide brand, and hopefully, very, very soon, a household name. Which is, and you'd be able to say, uh, Maddie was one of my first ever clients, and uh, and here we are today. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Could Could you imagine being the designer behind a household name brand?
0: Oh, nearly there, darling. Nearly there.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> But this is going to make you famous. So, and I will be shouting about the fact that Shadowcat Creative uh, designed our our logo and our brand and pushed us out there to become, because it was, that was, do you know what? That was what changed us. We knew that we needed a rebrand. And I remember us sitting in the old Bond store, brainstorming what my VIP card and what my VIP rewards were going to look like. And separating out my business into two different brands was game-changing for me, really game-changing, because it, it meant that we could go and approach um, employee benefits clients with a different brand, you know, different feel. And I just remember that conversation. I remember us trying to put words to it of what we were going to have as a tagline, what, what the strap line was going to be. And... We, we sort of you know we, we we had the discounts you will love we've still kept that we've now got that as a as a as a hashtag which is great and and on the on the employee benefits side uh, we decided not to have a hash not to have a strapline and actually that was the best thing we've done because we've kind of since formulated a bit of one uh, which I'm going to run past you later actually okay
0: cool we'll keep that as a fun surprise
1: yeah, <laughs> it is a fun surprise because we're, we're just currently in the process of, of actually building a website for that business so oh, exciting. Very exciting so so basically we'd decided a year ago, well over a year ago, it was be- beginning of last year, mm-hmm. that we were going to franchise, we needed a new brand. And the reason we needed a new brand was because we wanted to give every single territory their own colour and their own feel. And I remember you saying to me, that's a bit crazy, Maddie, are you sure that's going to work? But it's worked so well. And if you go to our website now and you have a look at our territories, you'll see this rainbow of colours, but they're all the same brand. They've all got the same logo. They've all got the same text, same font, the same values, but they just have their own individual unique style. Our guys love it. So um, it's been really exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: And I think that that's a really good way of summarising kind of what franchising is, because until we had spoken... Um, that it was a possibility of something that you were looking at for your business like the idea of franchising for me was always something that I was vaguely aware of from bigger companies like I think most McDonald's yeah McDonald's Costa Starbucks and that kind of thing so to hear it from a small business perspective where literally so from my understanding and please do correct me if I'm wrong it's they own their own business but it's under your it's, it's kind of your format your structure your yes. your branding but they can then take it and how do you define the boundaries between what they can do within their business as opposed to what you would do
1: within yours well i mean the the way that we get the way that we get the, the territory managers and the franchisees to run their own business is is essentially under our guidelines so we have a franchise uh, manual. We tr- we train them. We, they have a, a really intensive um, training course at the beginning of the fr- of, um, of of them signing up. But then we we also have ongoing training. So essentially, we tell we tell them about the changes within their business, um, and they get to roll it out. So. They choose you know, how they want to communicate to communicate that with people. They choose um, you know, their branding and how how they want to do it. And es- essentially, we give them the formula to be successful. Um, and that that's really what buying into a franchise is. It's it's taking a business model that already works, it's a proven concept, and buying into it as a as a person who who wants to have a successful business. And I actually think that, that running a franchise is a really, really good step to being an entrepreneur, because you can learn all of those business skills, but not necessarily take the risks of, of you know, the financial risks and all of those. I mean, obviously, buying a franchise, there there is a financial risk to it. But we tell people how to run their franchise so that they can make the, the most amount of money possible. And it you know, I'll be completely honest and say it's been a really tough year for us and a really tough year for our franchisees because they came on board expecting to make money straight away. And of course, COVID's been here. So some of them haven't made as much money as we'd hoped. And you know, the, the projections that we had given them were all based on our first three years of trading and how well we have done, but they have been so supportive, and they know that by putting in the the, the right amount of work, especially on a day like today, um, we're recording this for for those because it won't get it won't get aired today, but we're recording on the day that all of the shops have been able to open for the first time since COVID. So it's a really really momentous day for us and the franchisees are just super excited and we know that today is a turning point for us and it's just really, really awesome. Yeah,
0: I think to see the way that the business has grown and flourished in the years before COVID and then the way that you've chosen to adapt during that period is just speaks volumes for the fact that the business model still works because people are still buying, um, people are still shopping and also I think that there's the aspect between because your your business, uh, my VIP card is relevant not just for B2C, so business to consumer, but it's also B2B, so it's business to business. So there are services, products and everything on there that can support other businesses to run their business through this time, which is just, you know, it's just a wonderful way of making sure that it still continues.
1: Yeah, we, we've, we've actually just launched a, um, a business partner support package, which is a monthly subscription, £15 a month, and, and people get access to um, PR support, and they can blog on our website, they get access to our monthly networking meetings, um, discounted employee benefits, all of those kind of things, uh, which will really help people's businesses to grow. We've tried to make it as affordable as possible without giving away our time for free. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but, it's, but it's um it's really exciting. And yeah, that's that's something that we we decided was, was really needed for the businesses just to give them that extra angle of support.
0: Perfect. So there's a couple of things that I'd love to talk a little bit more about from what you've been mentioning here. So the first one is, could you just define for the listeners what the difference between a franchise, owning a franchise and an MLM, so a multi-level marketing scheme? Because the two sound kind of similar, but I know that there's a distinct difference.
1: Yeah, there there is. So multi-level marketing, um you know i'm not against it i'm really not in fact that there are some absolutely brilliant people who do it out there um it's normally a normally sort of like a really really low cost it's a crowded market as well so when you when you by, I mean, I, I, some of them are free to to join, but most most of them are kind of like a, a very very small investment. And um, so you buy into a multi level marketing, you then recruit a team underneath you, and you and then they recruit teams underneath them, and it's it's a very very good way of people making money if it's done right and it's not spammy. Then people can make an awful lot of money through network marketing. Um, it's different when you own a franchise, so. 9 times out of 10 when you own a franchise or a, or a lease of of something and um, you get an exclusive territory so with my vip card say for example you wanted to buy my vip card surrey for example and um, you would get the whole of surrey and nobody else would be able to run your territory in your area so you get the monopoly on that market so We do actually offer a vague multi-level kind of scheme. So our territory managers and franchisees, they can actually recruit affiliates below them. But there's only one level. So it's a two-tier marketing system. We don't allow people to have their own teams. We don't want it to go crazy and for people to have people under people under people because – annoyingly it would work very 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 well for our business model however we don't want to be multi level marketing we don't you know i I don't know why, but when you talk about small business, even if we are a small business, if we were a multi-level marketing, we would be tarred with the same brush as everybody else. And that's disappointing because there are some really, really good businesses out there who operate under a multi-level marketing structure. But most people think that they are a scam. Some of them are, some of them are sort of scams and pyramid schemes. The majority of them are actually just really, really good ways for people, especially mums, to go and make money in their own time. And done right, it can be really lucrative, but it is a very crowded marketplace and you have lots of people who are selling the same thing, I feel like unless you're an absolutely outstanding salesperson and an outstanding marketer, trying to be a network marketing person in today's world is challenging because you are doing the same as 100 other people who are probably in, you know, the same town as you. And it's trying trying to make that difference without being spammy without constantly inboxing every single person that you possibly can to try and get sales and try and recruit new people it's really tough my vip card they join they get on with their job they don't have to go and recruit people i mean yes of course they have to sell they have to support um, and you know grow our businesses but it, to be honest it's not really a hard sell because people need what we do people don't have much money at the moment and if they can save money on things like their supermarket shopping taking the kids out for a day out eyebrows look at these I mean I cannot wait to get my (laughs) to get my birth from sesame street eyebrows sorted they don't look too bad here but seriously they are they are absolutely monobrow central I've been actually like putting sellotape in and trying to do it myself it doesn't (laughs) doesn't work so well
0: thank goodness the high street's opening up again I know
1: <laughs> and that's gonna be to be fair that's where I'm going I'm going to go find myself an eyebrow bra so an eyebrow bra and eyebrow bra an eyebrow bar so I can go and get my eyebrows sorted out.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So, um, when it comes to like franchising your business, why, (sighs) let's word this question a little bit differently. So I saw the success that you were getting and the traction that you were getting before you made the decision to franchise. So, um, the business is growing. You were getting lots of press. You were literally everywhere, Maddie. I don't think that I've seen anyone run a small business that has been quite so visible as you.
1: Well, I've got I've to practice what I preach. We, we can't We can't talk about helping small businesses to get visible if we're not visible ourselves. Absolutely. Like, you guys are talking a crock of shit. You can't do what you're supposed to be doing. So uh, we had to be. <laughs>
0: So why did you make that decision to franchise when you were already growing so quickly and being so visible? What was the kind of the thought process behind choosing to franchise the business
1: Sean Goldsmith um, a man that I met at networking well actually I met him at the Hampshire, Women, Hampshire Women's Business Awards so I met I met Sean at the bar the Hampshire Women's Business Awards and he came up to me and he was like you are an inspirational woman you've just won Hampshire Women's Business of the Year and you're amazing and I was just like buy me a drink then it has to be a soft drink because I was nine months pregnant um, and I was kind of like he's chatting me up but he wasn't he had a wife obviously I knew her, I knew his wife um, she's lovely but the The main kind of thing that came out of that conversation was like, I knew who he was and I knew what he did. And he was like, Maddie, if there is ever a business that is really, really suitable for franchising, it's yours. You can grow, you can scale, you can do it really quickly. What's your biggest hurdle right now? And my biggest hurdle was the fact that I couldn't be everywhere at one time. And I really wanted to grow, but I didn't know how. Um, And actually franchising has been absolutely incredible for us because it's meant that we've had people who, you know, people who are really invested, people who really want to grow their own business, helping us to grow the businesses on the ground. Um, And they've got involved because they think that they're inspired by me, they're inspired by our story. But now I'm even more inspired by them because they just rock. They are just such incredible people. And to support a brand when, you know, we have had a really tough year and it's been, it's been pretty difficult has you know they've they've kind of felt the the bumps with us and it's it's been hard but the fact that they've remained loyal to the brand they've remained loyal to me and um, of course we've had a few non-starters who have come on board and we thought they were going to be amazing and they've turned out not to be um i think that happens as you grow with any business, if we were going to be recruiting those people, I think it probably would have cost us more money to lose the bad ones. Um, And I'm not saying they were bad, you know, actually, everybody who has come through so far has been brilliant but they just haven't been right for the business one you have got the balance right um, and that you are recruiting the right people don't just recruit because you think you want to grow your franchise and like oh that person's offered us some money because that doesn't work um you know you need to make sure that you are getting the right people who've got the right values the right skill set it is like recruiting just because they're paying you to join something you know obviously they get they get a slice of, of the pie when they join so it's, it's well worth them them joining but just make sure that you're recruiting the right people because it can, it can be quite damaging and we have we've had a journey it's been incredible the last year but there have been some lows definitely but I guess as a business owner a small business owner it's about how you ride with the you know how you how you roll with the punches how you ride it out and you know fail fast um, and fail strong, fail hard, um, and then just get up and fix it, you know? (laughs) Um, And that's what we've done. Perfect. So you worked with someone, is that
0: correct? You worked with someone to help you support on how to go about franchising your business. So looking back now, would you recommend that if someone's considering franchising, they go and speak to an expert, or would you say it is something that you can do on your own? It just takes a little bit more effort.
1: <laughs> no, I would definitely say don't do it on your own. It's it's hard. You need help with um, writing your franchise support manual. There's lead. There's contracts that need to be sorted. You need to make sure that your contracts are airtight so that it doesn't screw you up down the line. You need to make sure that you have a process um, in terms of training, uh, operations. I mean, I actually hired an operations manager who is the best person in the world for our business. She's just epic. And she looks after the sort of like the recruitment, the, the the kind of induction stuff. And then, you know, I do all the training. They still see me very much. So I'm a very, very much an active part within the franchise. But she does all the, the admin stuff behind the scenes. And like, there is no way that I would have been able to do all that stuff on my own and still run the business at the same time.
0: Let's talk a little bit more around what the process was when it came to franchising. So you worked with someone, you wouldn't recommend doing it on your own just because there's so much. And also... I suppose when it's such a big thing, you're not just looking to protect and build for the future of your own business. You're now building the future of all of these other people who have bought their businesses from you as well. So I can understand why that would be something much better to do with someone that specializes in this but when it comes to the actual process what were kind of the first steps that you needed to take as a business owner to go into the franchising model the first steps
1: were making sure that my brand was 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 on brand and you know it was it was how it needed to be, uh, making sure that it was trademarked. So you need to make sure that if you're if you're going to be going in and, and letting other people use your brand, you need to make sure that you've got a trademark against it, because otherwise there could be all sorts of problems down the down the line. Planning. How is how is your franchise actually going to look? How is it going to work? Um, What responsibilities do those people have? How how do they actually need to to grow their business and what do they need to do? We needed to pay for territory mapping. So we we mapped the territory. Annoyingly, uh, we paid for the territory mapping and then decided that actually it wasn't the right territory mapping for us Um, and we've gone down counties which annoyingly already have borders so we didn't actually need to do anything like that but uh, you learn your lesson it's one of those things that you need to think about what your territories want to look like before before you go for them and we were going to go with towns or cities or populations and actually we were just like you know what having counties is so much easier because people identify with counties and you know, you know what county you live in um and you know when you go shopping you probably don't travel that far outside your county to go shopping so we knew that that was how we needed to do it it was what we wanted to do in the first place but the territory mapping people persuaded us that actually we would make more money if we went down the towns or cities or population route so when they came back to us with how the the territories looked, we were like, this isn't going to work for us because our territories need to have names. They need to be places and actually people need to identify with them. That's what we're all about. And it just didn't work for us. So we did make some mistakes at the beginning. I am always more than happy if somebody wants to franchise their business to have a bit of a conversation about how we did it, and the people that we went with um I think any
0: business makes its errors and you kind of learn as you go
1: I don't yeah you you can't be successful if you don't make mistakes because if you carry on doing the same thing you'll just plod along and to be fair we have had our fair share of epic fuck-ups and epic they have been but you know what they've pushed us forward um I have learned so many lessons as a business owner Mm -hmm. and I think that's why we're successful because it's not necessarily about about the blips that you have in the way it's how you bounce back and how resilient that makes you and I sometimes I quite like making mistakes now because I'm like things can only get better from here
0: (laughs) that's a wonderful way way wears up baby (laughs) absolutely so when it comes to franchising your business one of the questions that I'm curious about and I'm curious about the practical side as well as your um your big ambitions and goals and that's so you've franchised across the UK so far. Can you franchise kind of internationally? Can you franchise globally? Mm-hmm. Nodding away, big plans.
1: Yeah, we can. And and that is definitely on the horizon. Um, I've, been approached by somebody quite recently in the US who is interested, and also as well uh, in India um, so far. So, um, technically, we can we can actually expand anywhere globally. We're having conversations with with partners about national benefits um, overseas. Um, the crowdfunding that we're doing at the moment has opened some really really great doors for us, and yeah, we we are as a as a model because we franchised um, I mean we, we probably would have been able to do it anyway but I think we can do it faster as a franchise um, it's it's really really helped um, and I think um, it it's exciting knowing that we've done so much work with Sean who is the the special advisor he is absolutely brilliant um, because he actually spent loads of years in America helping franchises over there so he knows the market really well for us and I think he'll be able to help them um, and yeah he's just a really great guy to he's mr franchise um he is he what he doesn't know about franchising is not worth knowing so we have used him quite a lot for for various things
0: cool maybe i maybe i need to start inviting male guests
1: onto the podcast Oh, there's a novel idea. Let's
0: <laughs> do it. <laughs> Let the boys find their voice. Yeah, um, <laughs> But when it comes to franchising, so we're talking about franchising from a geographical point of view. So you're broken down by counties, you have other alternative options. But given the fact that we live in a very digital age, and a lot of things are online. How do you kind of set those boundaries of how your franchisees can promote their business online without it touching on the toes of you as kind of the the overarching brand um,
1: promoting the business online as well? high tech uh, website. So essentially, it it means that if. If a business signs up um, and they are in a specific area, they get allocated to a territory manager. Um, If a cardholder signs up and they are in a specific area, they will get allocated. The sale will get allocated to that person. So we've made sure that it is as fair as possible. So whoever is doing the promotion and the sale comes through them, it's tracked on the website so that people get a fair opportunity. Um, So essentially, the more you promote, the more businesses sign up, the more cardholders sign up, the more money they make. And if they're not doing the promotion and they're not signing up the businesses, they don't make any money. So it's it, it's fair from from that perspective. Um, in terms of territories, they're all given a, a county, so they all get the they all get the um, the county boundaries. They all get their own color code. They all get their own branding, so they don't cross over on on that perspective. And um, online businesses. Um, Wherever the online business is based, that's the person who owns that business. But everybody is entitled to promote that business because we want to make sure that they get nationwide coverage the businesses know that you know if if a business operates in two territories it's whoever signed that business up is the person who owns them Um, we don't really have any ownership of the businesses and within territories so say for example you know we we have um i don't know say for example sarah in birmingham knows um a business in watford we just make her that you know she just has a conversation an open and frank conversation because all of the guys who are representing us in our territories, they know that signing up businesses is for the good of the business. So we all work together. It's about teamwork. It's about the overall brand as a whole. But when it comes to card sales, you know, pe- the, the territory managers can sell, sell cards to absolutely anybody they want to. And if they're, say, for example, if you were based in Scotland and I was trying to sell you a card, um, I would just say, Tammy, you're based in Scotland, but I'd like to get this sale. Can you make sure that when you uh, when you put the sale, you put your location in as, as my address, please? And And it's fine. We're all good. Um, but every, everybody has an understanding. And, but there's also the, um, you know, they're, they're not in it for themselves. They're in it because they, you know, they want to support the high street. They want to help our brand as a whole and they want to grow a business that succeeds. They know that there is, an element of supporting head office you know for me you know growing the business as a as a brand and actually working on the business is more important than working in the business now so I don't really get involved with making sales or signing up business partners anymore which I do miss sometimes Uh, you know of course I'm there to support people and we still have those conversations and it's wonderful and I've made some incredible friends over the last three years through through working with some amazing businesses that I will always support but the territory managers that's their job now. So they get to they get to experience and make those friends that, that I've made um, over the last year. So it's it's lovely, but they they are very much they're their own business as part of my VIP card. So it 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 doesn't really cross over or or tread on anybody's toes. It's really
0: interesting because from an outside perspective, it's so weird to try and wrap your head around such a different format because in the corporate world it would be right you own the business so they're your employees but actually they've bought into the business and it's part of their business so they're kind of a hybrid between
1: they're they're also yeah they're they're all self-employed so yeah. <laughs> it's it's their business i mean most of them so we because we've got two two ways so the, the people who own their own franchise it is. It's their business. Yeah. Uh, they make ninety percent of anything that they sell. They still have to follow our guidelines because obviously, obviously, they won't be successful if they don't. And you know, they have to have to be kind of in our brand, and you know, they they have to follow those rules. Essentially, I mean, the the guys who are territory managers, they kind of are a bit more like employees to a certain extent because they. They don't make as much commission. They need a bit more guidance. They need a bit more handholding from us. But, you know, it is still their business at the end of the day. And, and actually, the way that we do it is when somebody's renting a territory, if they decide down the line that they want to be a full franchisee, we take all of the money that they've ever paid off in rent off of the full balance. So oh, nice. it's like a pay as you go. It's like a, a way to get into franchising that, that doesn't necessarily affect a big lump of cash at the beginning, if that makes sense.
0: That's really interesting. And I know that this is something that I know that we've touched on a few times, but I just love to kind of direct the question a bit more specifically, which is how do you maintain kind of brand integrity both through visuals and through like your values with a franchise model because like you were saying earlier and it's something that I absolutely relate to with my soul
1: I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my business oh my god me too (laughs) me too and it it is really tough Um, but it's all about how you train them how you manage their expectations Um, you know on day one our first ever training session is introduction to the brand and introduction to the values so we teach them all about the values we teach them all about the brand guidelines we tell them what they can do what they can't do sometimes they mess up and we just make sure we keep an eye on their instagrams and um, you know we we have some really strict rules that you know if we see something that they break we go and delete it and they get warnings. Um so we don't allow people to post about religion or politics. It's just not our brand. One of our franchisees that that is is no longer here um, was posting things which were completely irrelevant to the brand. And we we kept saying to them, that's not suitable. It's not something it you know, there is no point in posting that because it's not our target audience. And we we give them ongoing training on a weekly basis of who we're talking to, what we need to be saying. And, you know, it, it it does appear to them, you know, sometimes that, you know, we are a bit bossy and it is our control. But, you know, when you buy into a franchise, you do have to adhere to the brand. We give them so much freedom. We give them more freedom than I think any other franchise to do what they want because they they get to choose the color of their area. So they get to choose a, a main color and an accent color. And, that's, and they can brand themselves as long as they are using our logo, the the two colors that they've chosen, and the right font, essentially, we let them do what they want with branding, they can do what they want, as long as they are following those guidelines. and you have to be really strict. And there have been some times where we've gone in and we've deleted things because they haven't been as on brand as they should be. But, you know, that's that's our fault sometimes, because if they're not doing things as it should be, it's a training issue. So we need to realize that actually, you know, if somebody does do something wrong, it's not because they're trying to be horrible or they're trying to do something deceitful or whatever, but it, it's just that we haven't made it clear enough. So it, it's a learning curve. And if the franchisees are not doing well, it's, you know, it's because we're not doing something right so it it's very hard sometimes to not take things personally like the other day we, we launched our website um and we asked people for a for a snagging list on the things that they'd noticed that were wrong with the with the website and one of the things that came back was oh it's really frustrating that, that you can't do this and I was like oh and I got really defensive I got I jumped on my high horse and I was like um we're working really hard don't you don't say that it's frustrating and I was like I've asked them what that what the issues are and they're trying to help me and I'm now being really defensive because uh, because something's gone wrong and I just need to realize that actually they it's their business too and actually they they want to get it right and that one of the things that is really really hard when you run your own franchise is the feeling especially for someone like me I suffer quite badly with anxiety Um, and one of the hardest parts of it is knowing that I've got these other people that I have to answer to—I'm a bit of a perfectionist as it is anyway. I'm a bit of a people pleaser sometimes. Uh, I know I shouldn't be, but I am. And sometimes, making those decisions and thinking, shit—it's not just me anymore. I've got to have got to make sure that what what I do is right for the business and right by them as well, because. It, they are so important they are the people who run my business for me now so there is that element of control that you have to give away and there's also the element of making sure that you're doing right by the business right by your people as well you know we are a huge huge advocate of employee experience and although they're not employees they they sort of are in a way so we need to make sure that their experience as franchisees is really really good we can't practice what we preach about You know, employers being nice to their employees and considering them, and you know, making them part of the process when we don't do it ourselves. So it is really important that if you are going to be starting a a franchise, that when there are big decisions to be had about the business, you get people involved. You you make them feel part of the journey. Um, I am always really upfront and honest, even in the times where it was really really crap over COVID and we were like, shit, is the business going to survive? I was really honest with the guys and. I talk to them because communication is super, super important and really, really key. You know, I let them know that 100% there was no chance that we were going down without a fight and we didn't. And we really, really pushed and, you know, we, we ended up growing and it's it's been really, really exciting. And it's about to get even more exciting. But being honest with them has meant that they have stuck around. And now the people that we've got, I am very, very confident that the people that we've got are the right people who are going to help me to push it forward and help to push themselves forward, of course, because it's their business.
0: Yeah, of course. And that's really, it's really wonderful to hear that you've taken this massive leap of faith, just as they have by investing in your business as well. Well, investing in their own businesses as part of your business. So when it comes to finding these people that are the right fit and if anyone's out there going you know what I think franchising might be the right fit for my business but I don't know how I'm ever going to find the right number of people because you know there's only one of me do you have like an application process
1: for your franchisees or yes we do so um so essentially you can just go onto our website and you can select request the franchise territory and then we go through an interview process so we find out what area they want we we find out what their motives are you know are they just looking to make money because if they are it's probably not the right opportunity for them you know we need people who are really really passionate about our cause we need people who are really good team players we need people who can sell people who are not afraid to talk to people we have made the mistake before where we have we've got people just because they because they've said that they will do the things that they want. You don't ever have to have been in sales. You don't ever have to have been in HR. You don't ever have had to have been in in the retail industry. Just having the right attitude and being really passionate about supporting small independent businesses is what we need. But we do need people who are confident enough to go on podcasts, go and do a Facebook Live, go and do an Instagram Reel. We need people who are outgoing and um, energetic, people who can go and speak to business owners, because at the end of the day, this afternoon, I'm going to be spending my afternoon going and talking to all of the high street businesses that have been closed for so long. And I'm super excited about it. I know that there are some people who would think that that was the, you know, their idea of hell um, and they wouldn't want to go and speak to business owners. So if that's your idea of hell, we are not the franchise for you. But if you love shopping local, you like building relationships with people, to be honest, people who have been in network marketing, people who are confident speaking to people, who are you know in network we've actually got a few network marketers who do their network marketing job and run on my vip card territory because they work quite nicely together so people who are a bit more tenacious who have a drive and a and a a will to succeed people who have got relationships with other businesses already that that really helps because you know the more businesses people can get signed up the faster they can start selling cards um because that's the other thing i didn't set the business up and start making sales straight away i had six months where i went and grew the businesses behind the scenes and we launched in southampton with 80 businesses so i had a really good product the guys here um have a really, really good opportunity because they can start selling straight away yeah. because we have thousands of national discounts, which we didn't have when I started. We've also got discounts all over the country so people can use their My VIP card when they travel. But what they do need to remember is that they need local because we're all about supporting local businesses. If they don't have a product to sell, they can't sell it. So we need people who are aware of that right at the beginning, who know that when they, when they arrive, it's their kind of job, as it were, to go and sign up businesses build their product so that they've got something really awesome that they can sell to the local community yeah that's
0: Yeah, that's a really wonderful way of growing the business, I think, is just growing any business is all about those relationships and having those communication, open communications, networking, chatting away. And I guess for your business, it's even more important because it's the it's not just the angle that you're coming from as, oh, I'm the owner of these franchises. I need to make sure that these people are the right kind of people to support my business. But also knowing you as an individual, you're going to be so keen for them to grow. Their own businesses. So you're always going to want to set them up for success. I know that you've said that you don't need to be like a specialist in HR, you don't need to be a specialist in marketing, anything like this, but. With your training, do you give them specific training on things like how to do social media, how to post reels? And the other question I have is, are they then able to hire support if they wanted to? As a business owner would to say, "Oh, hey, can I get a social media manager?" or is that something they still need to run past you?
1: They they need to run it past us, um and we would ideally like to be involved in the decision, but essentially if somebody wanted to hire a virtual assistant, or somebody to do their posts for them as long as they are signing an NDA because obviously they'd be part of our business they can do that not a problem at all and and that is something that you know they they will probably need to do moving forward because if, if I'm anything in, to go by I needed virtual assistant support quite quickly Um, and it was really it was game-changing when I got it in terms of the training that we offer we offer incredibly in-depth social media training because obviously social media is a huge part of the job we actually had a lady apply the other day and she was like oh I don't really like social media I was like yeah you're not gonna like this job it is <laughs> you know you need to be able to go out and talk to people she was like oh I can do that I was like yeah you also need to post on social media at least once a day and she was like now I can't do that. Like, yeah, they're no, not, not for you there. You know, we have really, really strong social we also bring in um, industry experts to to train people as well so we have stuff like um, canva training instagram training facebook's linkedin um, clubhouse training now as well which is a new one that i'm going to be doing very shortly sales training business plan writing um, you name it we've, we've got it there's there's really strong and it's great because we can then use those trainings as well um, and i deliver a lot of them and i just make sure that i'm an expert in uh, I, I know never thought I was going to be a social media expert but I would now consider myself to be one because I've I've done it I've been there I've got myself visible I've got everybody else visible and it's just what we do and being a business owner is is scary and it's tough and you know you can you can get customers you know all day long but actually if you're not visible on social media and you're not doing what you can to be seen by the people then we're here to help because it, it is really important you need to have that balance of
0: both so when you were considering franchising was the training something that you realized that you would need to have in place or was that something that kind of became apparent as you went along
1: it's become more apparent as we've gone on you know I, I was kind of like oh yeah you know it's really it's really easy to teach people what I do you know we, we help people to save money when when they shop local go and sign some businesses up and I forget that actually I know how to do that because I created that process but other people don't so um, it is a learning curve most definitely a learning curve I knew that we would need to do training but I didn't know how much Um, it does take up a lot of time Um, I'm really lucky that actually my job before starting my VIP card was in change management and learning and development so I had those skills so it was it was quite useful Um, I'm actually going to be moving forward I'm actually going to be um offering my skills to other franchises to help them to uh to train their franchisees on social media so uh you heard it here you heard it here first oh <laughs> exclusive do you love an
0: exclusive um I will put all the links in the show notes below guys so if you are listening to this and you're like you know what I want me to maybe consider franchising my business um you'll be able to reach out and get in touch with Maddie direct. Yeah you can find her literally everywhere. <laughs> you can, yeah. Like pick up a newspaper, she's usually in there. Or
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a franchise uh, consultant or a franchise consultant specialist. So there are people who you should use that are not me, but... I can help with um, training schedules and sort of the, the behind the scenes stuff that you need when you first start, you know, don't, don't come to me for legal stuff. Don't come to me for, uh, for structure, et cetera, or contracts. I am not that person. But, you know, when it comes to training your franchisees how to use social media effectively, I can definitely help with that. You can find me on all social media platforms. And I, there are lots of social media trainers out there. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, there are lots of them that are absolutely amazing. I sometimes need to feel, you know, I I feel like you need to have been there and done it. And I've been there, I've done it, I've grown my social media account. My LinkedIn is now 11,000 people, just just hit 7,000 on our Instagram, which is pretty good. You know, I started that account a couple of years ago with nothing. Uh, and actually I've learned on the way. So I'm self-taught, I know what works, I know what doesn't work. I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I will give you down to earth, honest advice um, and help you to grow your business. Um, I've just actually been asked to be a non executive director for a business in exchange for shares. I know. super exciting. So people trust what I say. It's really just mental.
0: (laughs) I think it's just that, isn't it? It's seeing how you've gone from being one woman on a kitchen table with an idea Mm. to creating, like you were saying earlier, like you had 80 businesses signed up to your idea and your concept before you even went to launch the product. So it's just wonderful to see the way that you've grown and if you're able to help others then you know
1: that's what that's what we love to do and business coaches are super expensive uh, they really are and and actually I think you know there are lots and lots of ways that that franchise businesses can learn um and grow and I don't think it needs to be really really expensive I think you know as long as my time is being paid for my advice is is It's cheap, I guess. (laughs) Cheap but effective. Cheap but effective. Affordable. Let's say affordable. Affordable is a better word. Affordable
0: because cheap is, you know, cheap is like in the eye of the beholder. I guess, like, yeah, it's about the value that you offer in the transformation, not about the cost. And I think, like, it is. It's interesting to hear you say that because there is always going to be value in learning from someone who has been there and done that. There is also value in working with business coaches, but it depends on the kind of business that you want to be and the kind of business owner that you are. Because if you want to learn from someone who's been there and done that, a business coach might not be the right choice. So it's it's wonderful to hear some of the alternatives that are out there. Because there's so much noise on the internet at the moment of hire a money coach, hire a sales coach, hire this coach. When actually, yeah, you can have other advice and other ways of learning. I want
1: to be like a like a visibility coach, right? Something like that, but maybe not a coach, like a visibility a visibility cheerleader. Oh, I like that a visibility cheerleader. I want to be a visibility cheerleader. That's what I want to be. Um, don't ask me about finances. <laughs> so I'm like I've got an operations manager and a finance person to do that for me don't ask me about that shit ask me about getting your business out there getting more customers getting to be a to be a well-known brand that's what I can help you with um and if you want a branding person to actually design all that shit for you I'm also not that person she is though so uh she's me (laughs) she the cat's mother she is the cat's mother so (laughs) it's on brand for me (laughs) I know so it's fine
0: (laughs) it's almost like it was all planned um awesome so um I have two more questions for you one of them is kind of I know that there have been lots of lessons that you've shared and lots of things that you've talked about today that you would have learned from. But is there anything in particular that you wish you would have done differently or wish that you had known about when you were considering franchising?
1: Yeah. Don't get distracted by shiny stuff. I get distracted by shiny stuff all the time. And when you start franchising, as soon as you put that word franchising on your LinkedIn profile or wherever, people start contacting you with all of these bells and whistles, new fandangles or whatever. That's a weird it's weird word I just <laughs> threw in there. But it's, it's a great word, isn't it? So people are like, would you like to buy my fandangles? And I'm like, I don't really need your fandangles, but they look shiny. So I'll have your fandangles. And actually... Oh. Like for example, with the territory mapping, so many people said to us, "You need territory mapping software; otherwise, your life will become unbearable as you grow." Actually, our life was so much more unbearable when we had the territory mapping software than when we decided to do it our own way. And that would be that would be my my really really big um, word of advice: make sure you have a plan. If you don't stick to it, it's fine; you can adjust it. The alphabet has. 25 more I think there's 26. Is there 26 letters in the alphabet? There's 25 of them if you count if Plan A doesn't work. I told you I was bad with numbers. But there there are lots and lots of ways that you can make sure that your franchise works. But having a plan really helps because it means that you're in control. The thing that you don't want is nasty surprises and they can happen if you don't have a plan and you're not you're not there. Also be prepared especially at the beginning for it to take up a hell of a lot of your time. Because everybody wants a piece of you. When when I say I'm busy, people go, oh, she's busy. I get booked up three weeks in advance now um, because I have to make time for the businesses that we work with, the franchisees that I work with. I have to make sales. So I do need to do sales calls every now and again. And I love podcasts. So I need to make sure I've got time for podcasts. So... Um, it's because I I love I love talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's why I started a podcast. <laughs> Woohoo.
1: <laughs> I love talking
0: too. I am right there with you. Okay, so I feel like we've covered a huge amount of value and information, and a wonderful a wonderful reflection of the way that you've grown your business through franchising from your personal experience as well. So, thank you so much for sharing that with with me and the listeners because it's been really interesting to hear. And a different way and a different
1: approach of running a business that's still very unique to you. And that's the thing, people People need to remember that just because you're following a different business model doesn't mean you shouldn't be you, you always should be. Because if, if I wasn't me, people buy from people. And I don't think you know I think obviously yes people believe in what I do there is no way that we would have just raised 70 grand on a crowdfunding campaign if people were just backing me because they thought I was nice I mean a lot of that a lot of it is to do with that but people believe in my mission be passionate about what you do do it your way you know there are so many people who are popping up all over the place running shop local schemes and trying to do things very very similar but they're not going to be me they're not going to be you you know but there are there is opportunity as well. Think about how you can work with those other people. It doesn't always have to be, you know. It, from from my perspective, collaboration over competition always wins. Just make sure that you protect yourself before you do it. Cause like a lot of people know that I have been burnt a couple of times because I've been too nice and I've wanted to collaborate with competitors and it's not worked out. But I am still of that opinion that. You know, there's plenty of room in the marketplace for lots of people. Franchising can actually be be a way of differentiating yourself from your competitors as well. So think about the ways that you can grow your business, being unique whilst still carrying on and keeping core to your values. It it always comes back it, down into the end of it. Keep your values, that's it.
0: Always comes back to your brand. What a wonderful way to wrap up.
1: <laughs> I know, exactly. Um Brand is super, super, super important. And do you know what? Without my brand, I wouldn't have been able to franchise. So, uh, huge, huge thanks to Tammy for that because she created something so awesome that I could replicate without it damaging my business. So, honestly, huge thank you. Oh, bless
0: you. Thank you so much. It makes my heart so happy you're gonna cry now aren't you we're gonna have a day of crying <laughs> we're gonna be like oh, it's, just, it's so <laughs> wonderful to hear because when you create a brand it's such a personal business is such a personal experience it's such an emotional experience for any individual and then like within my role being even a small part of that to help you visualize like you knew where you wanted to go on that day that we first met in that little costa shop
1: yeah Can you? it's so weird thinking about how long ago that that was Um, and I just want to say publicly and I told Tammy not to say anything to anybody because I didn't want people to think to to know about this but I love Tammy so much and she has been such an integral part of the My VIP card journey that I actually bought shares in the business for Tammy and gave them to her because I wanted Tammy to be a shareholder and I don't want her to buy them because it like she's the one that's helped me so I bought her shares in my business because oh, yeah. I love her oh dude right professional <laughs> <Motives>.
0: <laughs> but yeah I just it's just incredible it's incredible to see how far you've come from literally meeting in a costa scribbling on the back of a napkin a web banner that we were going to make and then I know we, yeah, we'll talk about your business journey in the next episode. So we're going to leave this as a cliffhanger for everyone. (laughs) But I just want to say thank you again for joining me today, Maddie. This has just been absolutely wonderful to hear just all the ins and outs of how everything's going for you. And I'm so excited to see how it grows in the future. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. So where can the listeners find more about you?
1: We are everywhere, as I mentioned before. Um, so on all of our social media um, channels, we are our main head office is at My VIP Card HQ. So we're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn. Um, best to follow me, Maddie Alexander Grout. We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok, uh, Clubhouse, <laughs> YouTube. We've even got a Pinterest account, although I never post on that. That's about the only one that I'm not that good at. But um, <laughs> We are, we are literally everywhere and I do welcome um, anybody to come and connect with me. I'm really open. If you guys need help with your business, just drop me a message. Perfect.
0: Thank you so much for that. And listeners, make sure you do come back here on Thursday where Maddie will be sharing more about her business journey in the startup phase of My VIP Card and then a little bit more around how her brand has developed and supported her business growth. And until then, I would love to know your thoughts on this episode and whether this has brought a new option for you to explore within your business business. business. So come and join the conversations in our community on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, all the links will be in the show notes and I will see you in the Brand lounge.